1: Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
2: Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast, it's the last show of the year, last show of the week. We got to talk all things Raiders and Colts as it's Week 17 action. All coming up on Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast, December 29th, 2023. Mm
1: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, just win. your team just every win. day.
3: Just win. The autumn win is a raider.
4: Pillaging just for fun.
2: Welcome here Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube wherever you get your podcasts. To get the latest edition of the show, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we appreciate you, and we appreciate my man Ari. He does a great job each and every day making sure we're up on YouTube, we're looking good, we're sounding good, doing all the hard work behind the scenes. Definitely appreciate him. He's been doing it, grinding out all year long. Definitely appreciate him. At Ari Produces on Twitter. At your boy Q254 if you want to hit me up on Twitter as well. And we got the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. It is the last show of the year, so try to get as much feedback in before the show wraps up in segment number three, as many calls and as many texts as possible, try to squeeze them in, even if that means we go a little bit longer in today's show. Again, it's the last show of the year. If we go a little long, we, you know, go a little long. So that'll be in segment number three. Segment number two, I always like to give keys to victory, what I think it's going to take for the Raiders to do it offensively, defensively, special teams overall, how I'm looking at this game, how the Raiders could win it and get their three-game winning streak on because they're already on a two-game winning streak. Can they get a three-game winning streak on? Can they get a four-game winning streak on next week? Well, to get four – you got to get three. So we'll talk about that coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, hit you with the news and notes of the day. Just go over the injury report, let you hear a little sound from the Raiders locker room and a lot more. Before we get to that, though, do want to uh, tell you about our title sponsor of the show, which is LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the qualified candidate you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We'll tell you a lot more about them later on in the show. And before I go over the injury report for Thursday for both the Raiders and the Colts, I do want to go ahead and throw this out there. And I feel like it's something I probably don't need to throw out there. I shouldn't have to throw out there, but apparently I do. Uh, apparently because I've mentioned multiple times that I think that the Raiders need a mobile quarterback, and I say mobile quarterback. That is how I defined him a guy that is able to use his legs and his arms. Apparently some have believed that I don't like Aiden O'Connell because he's not black, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And again, I feel like 99% of the people that listen to the show and watch the show realize that, but since we've had at least one commenting and firing off comments that believes that I think that only... Aiden O'Connell can't be good because he's not black is silly. Uh, I thought that I'd go ahead and address it real quick. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I think it's the dumbest statement I ever heard. But if you think ever I have a comment or an opinion on a player or a team based off the color of their skin, you're watching the wrong show and you're listening to the wrong guy. Mobile quarterback means exactly that mobile can use his legs. I don't care if he's white, black, yellow, green, red. I don't care what color he is. I said mobile quarterback. That means a guy who's willing to run. That is the definition. Josh Allen runs. He's not black. Justin Herbert runs. Guess what? Not black. There's a lot of quarterbacks that run. Doesn't mean that you have to be black to do that. And to say comments like, well, you're a black host, so you can only support black quarterbacks is the dumbest thing. I've ever heard so because one had the stones to actually fire off the comments. I'm assuming that there's a few out there that may believe that as well. So that's why I'm addressing it and don't want to spend a lot of time with it. Just want to go ahead and get that kind of nip that in the butt off top and it's a shame that it's the last show of the year and I have to address something as stupid as that. But here we are. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the injury report for uh, Thursday for the Silver and Black and the Colts. And, of course, we'll get another one later on this afternoon, and then we'll find out 90 minutes before kickoff exactly who is inactive For the Raiders and just a couple guys that I wanted to point out for the silver and black did not participate on Thursday running back Josh Jacobs still dealing with the quad injury from everything I understand though he's definitely going to try to give it a go on Sunday doesn't mean he will play but it sounds like he's going to try to give it a go regardless and at this stage of the game I'm sure practice is not something that he needs also Michael Mayer dealing with the toe injury did not participate either I haven't heard anything about him so I'd be pretty shocked to see him out there On Sunday. And that's unfortunate. I felt like he was really starting to get into a nice little groove and get lathered up and could be a big time weapon for Aiden O'Connell. You know, it's just being another weapon on that Raiders offense. Other guys that were limited Max Crosby knee. Of course, he's going to go. Jermaine Illuminor has got the knee injury. He got banged up on Christmas against Kansas City. He's limited but sounds like he's going to go. Andre James with the ankle injury limited. Malcolm Kuntz with ribs injury limited. He's going to go. Had a chance to catch up with him in the Raiders locker room on Thursday. Colton Miller with the shoulder injury limited. Uh, We saw that he was active last week against Kansas City but didn't play until Illuminor went down. Then he got into action. And then DJ Turner with the shoulder injury limited as well on Thursday. Just a little side note. uh, The Raiders held a, a walk through so it wasn't like a full blown practice so all these uh you know designations are really estimations as far as the Colts go uh, just a couple of guys to pay attention to DJ Montgomery the wide receiver dealing with a groin injury he didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday also Cameron McGrone the linebacker illness no go on Wednesday no go on Thursday limited running back Zach Moss with the forearm injury uh, Michael Pittman Jr he was a full participant so it looks like he's going to go that's obviously a big addition For the Colts, if he in fact does go now, I know that he looked like he was going to go last week on Saturday and then he ultimately didn't go. So we'll see what happens if he goes. But if he if he is in the mix, man, that's a big time weapon for Gardner Minshew. Uh, Other guys, uh, Braden Smith, the tackle, that's another guy to pay attention to full participant. Looks like he's going to be ready to go. And that that Colts offensive line will really be uh, fully intact for the first time in a long time so again we'll get another injury report later on this afternoon and then we'll find out about the game status of some of these guys uh, 90 minutes before kickoff on Sunday, also wanted to take you inside the Raiders locker room real quick. We had multiple uh, guys that we talked to on Thursday. Uh, me in a group setting talked to Malcolm Koontz. Me in a group talked to Nate Hobbs, and then I got a little one-on-one action with running back Zamir White. And we don't know, like I mentioned, if Josh Jacobs is going to go or not. If not, I have a lot of confidence that Zamir White can hold it down and carry the rock 20 to 25 times and do a really good job, just like he did against Kansas City. So, real quick, here's my conversation with Zamir White in the Raiders locker room from Thursday. Here is Zamir White, and Zamir, what did it feel like? Like knowing that you had to run the ball, knowing everyone in the building in Kansas City knew that the Raiders were going to run the ball and you guys were able to do that and you broke off that big run?
5: Man, the pressure was on, bro. But, um, like, the guys around me, but they did their part, but they blocked good. And, and yeah, but we just clicked, but we locked in. The lineman made the blocks for me and I made the right cuts and it just happened.
2: What was the week of practice like leading up to that? I felt like you guys went into the arrowhead with that intention of we're winning this game. You're not going to give us anything. We're taking it.
5: Um... Last week's practice was a doggy dog world, man. Yeah. It was just going at it, going at it. But, like, be locked in, but be ready. It's going to be this. It's going to be loud. It's going to be on your shit, but regardless, yeah, but no yeah. matter what the outcome is, but we go play.
2: And it's so important now in December to be able to have that strong run game because mm-hmm. weather gets cold. Is this kind of right up your alley?
5: Definitely right up my alley. Downhill. <laughs> physical money game. Yeah, I mean, that's me by pound for pound.
2: What about that offensive line that did do all that blocking in front of you? Every time you ran the Rock, it looked like four or five yard carry. Bro,
5: those guys were blocking crazy, but they, um, not even just the linemen, but on um, the Kobe and um, Yacht was blocking crazy. Um, I mean, like, I was just Doing their part.
2: What does it mean at this time of year knowing that you guys are still on the hunt, you're still in the mix, yeah. right? You gotta take one game at a time, but everything's in front of you.
5: Ah uh, man, but just head down, keep on grinding, man. Just be focused on um, yeah, but just, you know, just like last week, but just be locked in and just grind it out, you know. Pound for pound.
2: What does the season meant to you? Just kind of the ups and downs the roller coaster ride and now you're getting your opportunity to shine as well.
5: <sighs> ups and down, bro, but the bruises bro make you got things on shit. Um, but she's stronger, so it's cool, man. Yeah, but we go get it through there.
2: I heard that you had to gift everyone, what, gift all the linemen, uh, Jordan, Jays, Jordan's, after going over 100 yards. Bro, did, did that happen? I'm doing it right. Okay. Now, <laughs>
5: these dudes got size, size 18 shoes. Right, right. I got to find these shoes, bro. But I it's wear tough. a
2: 13, and that's the hardest shoe to find, right? right? I mean, you go to the store, they have one, so I can only imagine an 18. Imagine 18, bro. Right.
5: <laughs> I'm trying to find it right now,
2: but I can't find it nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's a shoe plug out there, right. go ahead and holler at you, Please, right? please. <laughs> I Appreciate need, you. Yeah, bro, no problem. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> so there's my conversation real quick with Zamir White. I, I say it all the time. He's a guy that's fun to, to talk to. He's a guy that's fun to watch. He's a guy that I root for. He really is. I mean, he's a guy that's very humble. He's hungry. All he wants to do is go out there and play. When he talks about what he loves in life, it's football and his horses. And that's about it. And I thought that was funny when he was talking about looking for Jays for the offensive linemen. And, you know, I wear a size 13 shoe. So I know when you go to the store and you try to look for a, a, a size 13, it's very rare that they have them in stock. Usually it's only one or two pairs and then they're gone real quick. So could you imagine trying to go to Foot Locker and pick up a size 18? Yeah, good luck. <laughs> right? Good luck. I'm sure that's not in stock, but he said if he went over 100 yards against Kansas City, he was buying all the offensive linemen a pair of Jays, and so he's looking for him. He said he's looking for him, but... He hasn't found all the right sizes, so I thought that that was kind of cool and just kind of shows you the guy that Samir White is. Coming up in segment number two, we'll talk about keys to victory. What is it going to take for the Raiders offensively, defensively, special teams, and overall to get the win over the Indianapolis Colts and have a three-game winning streak heading into week 18, a game at Allegiant Stadium. Versus Denver Broncos. We'll do that coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. We'll get to that right after I tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for small business, you want to have as many top tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is quick and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and even quicker. Right now, post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders.
2: Part of the Locked
1: On Podcast Network, your team, Every day.
2: All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to jump into keys to victory. What is it going to take for the silver and black to go to Indianapolis, pick up a victory, be riding a three-game winning streak and feeling really good about themselves, headed back home to Allegiant Stadium for a Week 18 matchup with the Denver Broncos, now led by Jarrett Stidham, former Raiders quarterback, Jarrett Stidham. But let's get focused on the Colts. You can't worry about the Broncos. Got to worry about the Colts. Defensively, we'll start there because, well, the defense is leading the team. You got to stop the run, first and foremost. Last week, what did Jack Jones say? You, uh, you, you stopped the magician, which is Patrick Mahomes, and the, and the show is over. And they were right, right? They harassed Patrick Mahomes. They made him run around for his life. He was on skates all game long, and you saw how it shook out. Well, Gardner Minshew is not Patrick Mahomes. He's not even close. But Jonathan Taylor... He could run the rock, right? So the Raiders focus has to go from pinning their ears back, getting after the quarterback, staying in their lanes, making sure they, you know, plug up the middle so that he can't step up in the pocket to slowing down the run game, making life miserable for Jonathan Taylor. Every time he touches the ball, the, the group, all 11 guys got to go swarm to the ball. The really good thing I've, I've liked about this Raiders defense, if they're, they're doing exactly that, they're swarming to the ball. That's impressive. They're, do they miss a tackle every once in a while? Sure. They're going to miss a tackle every once in a while. Sometimes a guy's just going to be stronger and having to run through a dude. But the way that this team is running and everybody is, is getting to the ball carrier and getting them down, that's something to be, you know, excited about. And that's something that makes me feel like they're going to have a good day at the office against Jonathan Taylor. But, you know, just because they had a good day against Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the, in the Chiefs running game doesn't mean that that's going to be the same effect against the Colts because, again, Jonathan Taylor is a different dude. He's one of the best backs in the league. So the the, the Colts are going to go as Jonathan Taylor goes. So the Raiders have to, first and foremost, be worried about stopping the run. And when I say stop the run, I don't mean just kind of slow it down and let him get 100 yards and, and feel comfortable with you know beating everybody else. I feel like you got to keep Jonathan Taylor under 100 yards in this game because, again, if he starts going, uh, it opens up everything else for Gardner Minshew and company. And when it comes to Gardner Minshew, you still got to heat him up Make him feel uncomfortable. He does have a tendency to make mistakes. Look, he's thrown 14 touchdown passes this year. He's thrown nine interceptions. He had eight fumbles, and five of those fumbles he's lost. Well, the Raiders' defense has done what? Created a bunch of takeaways as of late. They've really done a good job with that, multiple games in a row with multiple takeaways, something that they've been focusing in on all year long, but really is starting to get lathered up and really get going to the point where they're scoring defensive touchdowns now. So Gardner Minshew will make a mistake. you got to heat him up, right? Malcolm Koontz has got to be able to get home. You got, got to have Max Crosby get home, right? We'd love to see a Max Crosby or two sack again. That'd be great to see that. We always know he's going to get a tackle for loss or two. We'd love to see a sack or two, right? Malcolm Coons, keep doing what he's doing. He's up to seven sacks on the season already. We'd love to see him pick up another three more before the season's over, right? When's the last time the Raiders had two guys with double digits as far as sacks go, right? It's been a minute. So we'd love to see that uh, come to fruition again. So, yeah, Malcolm Coons keep doing what he does. Of course, the pressure's got to come from the middle, but going back to my first point defensively, they've got to stop the run, first and foremost. And even if Pittman's back, you can't give up the big play. And the one thing about the Raiders' defense that they've done, especially in the secondary, is they haven't really given up the big play. They'll, they'll, they'll allow a dink or dunk. They'll allow you know, a short yardage gain here and there, but they're not really giving up those big plays, those deep bombs. For the most part, the secondary is right all over the, the wide receivers. The only thing I get worried about when teams go deep is, is really a, a pass interference call because for the most part, the Raiders' DBs are there. They're making plays on the ball. They're getting their head around, which is impressive because for the longest, how many times do we pull our hair out and say, just turn around and locate the ball. Turn around locate the ball. Well, they're doing that, and they're doing it in a major way. Again, the thing I'm most worried about is defensive pass interference just because it usually turns into such a big play. But the Raiders got to make sure that they keep that consistent where they don't allow the big play to happen. Make the Colts work their way up and down the field. If they do that, that gives the Raiders that much more opportunity to create a turnover uh, and take the ball back the other way and really start to put their will on them defensively. They got to make them, you know, work for every point that they get. Make them really earn everything. And, and, you know, obviously, keep them out of the end zone. That's that's a no-brainer, right? Force them to kick a couple field goals or whatever. The, the Colts offense isn't just some... Massive juggernaut. So I feel like the, the, the Raiders' defense is really going to have a great opportunity to really flex their muscles on them. But, you know, they've got to really stick to the script right there. Stop the run first and foremost. Heat up Gardner Minshew and don't give up the big play. Simple as that. Offensively, don't let DeForest Buckner act like Chris Jones and ruin the game right? I mean, DeForest Buckner is that dude that can get it done from anywhere on that Colts defensive line. Of course, he comes from the interior of the defensive line, but the dude's a stud. He can line up anywhere he wants on that D line and get to the quarterback. So that's got to be who their number one focus is on. That offensive line has to say, okay, where's DeForest Buckner? Let's locate him and let's not let him ruin the game. And I think that for the Raiders offense, uh, Aiden O'Connell's got to get, get you know, some early love, right? And what I mean by that is get, get cooking early. Get some easy connections, a couple layups, right? Design a couple plays where he could just see the ball caught, see some completions, right? I mean, think about it. This guy, he went from the first quarter to the rest of the game without a, a, a completion. He didn't have a completion on Christmas Day after the first quarter. So that's a long time without a completion. So he just needs to see one or two. He's very capable. I feel like he's going to have a big game, and this is why. When he had a bad game against the Vikings, what did he do? He bounced back and had a great game against the Chargers. Then he had a bad game against, the, you know, against Kansas City. So I'm expecting him to bounce back and have a really good game against the Colts. The one thing about Aiden O'Connell that concerns me is just his consistency or his lack of consistency. It's that C word again. And that's what he was at Purdue. Right, he was just an inconsistent quarterback. He's got all the tools as far as the arm strength. He's got the uh, intelligence. He's got it between the ears. His biggest thing is he just isn't a consistent quarterback. You know, he just doesn't throw the ball consistently where it needs to be. So I think that it'd be great if Bo Hardergrue can get him started early and get him a couple completions, uh, preferably to Devonte. Not because Devontae needs to be fed, but I'd like to see him engaged. Right, I'd like to see. And we had a couple people call the the radio station on on Thursday. Uh, matter of fact, brother Marquise in the three o five was the first one to call and say. Devonte needs to be a star again. Let's, let's see Devontae Adams be a superstar again. Make some superstar plays. You know, he put a couple balls on the ground against the, the Chiefs that really he shouldn't have done. He should have he caught these balls. So, you know, yeah, they're difficult ones, but he's Devontae freaking Adams. So go be a superstar. Go be Devontae Adams again, right? And if you get him involved early, most likely he'll probably be engaged throughout the course of the game. So, you know, again, it's not like, it's not like I'm just saying feed Devontae the ball because it's Devontae Adams that he needs to, but that's a great assistant. Right, if you get Devonte Adams involved early, of course Jacoby Myers is going to do his thing. I feel comfortable with that. Uh, Hunter Renfro is always available. I know he doesn't get a lot of love, but he's available. You know, he can contribute. But I think Devonte and, and Aiden can kind of connect in early, getting that confidence in between the two guys, I think that go a long way for the Raiders offense in general. And then, of course, the run game. The run game's got to be there. It's got to exist. I don't care if it's Samir, Josh Jacobs, a combination of both. you got to have 20 to 25 carries. That's just that's the identity of the team. Regardless who likes it or not, that's the identity of the team. They're a run-first team, right? And so I'm not saying that they have to come out and run the ball, run the ball, and then throw, run the ball, run the ball, then throw. I'm not saying that. But at some point, you got to get to 20 to 25 carries, and the way that they salted the game away against Kansas City is the way that Antonio Pierce is going to want to salt the game away all the time. Right? They're going to want to take that victory formation because a guy like Zamir White or a guy like Josh Jacobs was able to salt it away on the ground. So offensively, that's what they need to do. Special teams, man, let A.J. Cole continue to shine. This dude is having a fantastic season. Right, He's going to be indoors, so I think that the sky's the limit on, on the quality of punts he could have on a Sunday. Now, I don't want to see him out there at all. That means he has to punt, but if he goes out there, man, that dude flips the field. He is just getting better and better, which is scary because he's been good for a long time. Daniel Carlson, if need be, may be able to kick a few extra long ones because uh, his Lucas Oil Stadium is indoors, so he doesn't have to worry about the weather elements like he had to worry about in Kansas City where the uh, the wind was real uh, swirly and everything. They don't have to worry about that. They're indoors. It's a controlled environment. And Carlson, we call him Cash Money Carlson for a reason. Coverage team, stay solid. I think they've been doing a really good job trying to, you know, uh, get down there and, and, and get the ball carrier even trying to strip the ball out like DJ Turner did a couple weeks ago. I think that that's a good thing. And then DeAndre Carter, I'm going to keep asking for it. I'm going to keep asking for it. I felt like at some point this season it was going to happen without me saying it. But, man, a big-time kick return would be awesome. Taking one to the house would be awesome, right? We haven't seen it in a long time. I stopped asking for it. I just figured it was going to happen this year between, you know, DeAndre Carter, Trey Tucker, you know, the guys that have that experience in that position. I figured it was going to happen at some point this season, and it ha- hasn't yet. So now I guess I'm going to call for it again. <laughs> so DeAndre Carter, I'm hollering at you, man. Uh, a nice kick return would really give some good momentum to the silver and black. And overall, just keep playing with that Raider swagger, that confidence, that expectation to win. That's what they did against Kansas City. They didn't go in there and think that they were going to try to win. They went in there believing in their hearts that they were going to win that game. There's no doubt about it in my mind that they knew that they were going to win that game. They were going to go in there, they were going to punch them in the mouth, and they were going to take their lunch money. And that's exactly what they did. They've got to continue to have that swagger, that confidence, that bully ball. they got to continue to play that kind of style for the next two games and see what happens. I believe they're going to win the next two games, and if they make the playoffs, fantastic. If they win their division, even better. If they don't make the playoffs but they end the season on a four-game winning streak, that's okay as well as far as I'm concerned but that's the keys of the game as far as I'm concerned uh, most importantly the Raiders got to get off the bus with that Raider swagger and confidence and expectation to win play with that bully mentality and they'll be just fine as far as I'm concerned coming up in segment number three you got your calls and text draft that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 before we get to that though I want to tell you about a couple sponsors here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast the first one is DoorDash and Depending on what you're doing, you might be at the job. You may be, you know, headed to the job. You may be at the house and working and you just don't have time to stop down and get some food. Well, that's where DoorDash comes in really, really handy. I mean, anything that you're a big fan of, any kind of food that you're a big fan of, any kind of place that's near your house or your job. I guarantee DoorDash will go there. So whatever your favorites are, they got you covered. You can use the DoorDash app. It's super easy. And if you don't have it on your phone, no problem. Go ahead and download it right now. You'll get 50% off, up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. All you got to do is download the DoorDash app. Use the promo code lock 23 It's all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D. The number's 2-3. subject to change terms apply. Of course, again, you got to download the app and use that promo code LOCKED23. I mean, look, you can even DoorDash during a timeout. You could be watching, what, Thursday night football. You could be watching some college bowl games and say, I just don't want to go get that food, but I want to eat that food. So DoorDash, you could be at the barbershop. I go to the barbershop every Saturday morning. Maybe you're at the barbershop and you, you know your barber's taking too long and you need something to eat. DoorDash it. It's that simple. Doesn't matter where you are, they'll come to you. That's the beauty of it. So again, all you got to do is download the DoorDash app. If you don't already have it, that's 50% off up to your $10 value. When you spend $15 or more on your first order, you got to have the app. Promo code is LOCK23. It's all one word. Subject to change. Terms apply. Again, don't forget, use the promo code LOCK23 for 50% off of the $10 value on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more, subject to change. Terms apply. I also want to tell you about FanDuel and... I know the weather's getting colder outside. Matter of fact, it's getting really cold outside. That's all right. When it comes to the NFL and FanDuel, the offers stay red hot. Matter of fact, they're blazing hot. They're in fuego. (laughs) There you go. That's my Espanol for the day. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins just like that. You've been thinking about joining FanDuel? Good do it. There's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options. They got sp- spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Get into the NFL season the right way with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Your
1: Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team is Every day. Here we go,
2: Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Last segment of the show. Last segment of the week. Last segment of the year. And we're going to hear from you. Calls and texts. Straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start off with a call from Nathan Walsh. He's calling to share a story about Antonio Pierce that is not getting enough burn, told by David Carr. Here's Nathan Walsh.
6: Yo, Q. What's up, baby? Uh, Nathan Walsh here from Rochester, New York. Upstate New York guy here, Raider fan, long time, long time. One quick story I want to share, share that I don't think a lot of people have gotten to know, and I don't know why it's got more run, but David Carr told a really cool story about Antonio Pierce the week before the Giants game. This before he even coached a lick, and he said, uh, they're beating the Raiders in 2008, this is when Antonio was playing, kicking the crap out of us 2008, had the game in hand, took Eli out of the game, threw in David Carr, backup quarterback, finished out the game, He scores, David. David scores a touchdown. He's celebrating, going crazy, boom, boom, boom. I got that score. And he's walking off the field. Antonio Pierce is right there, greets him. And he's like, yeah, we got that. And Antonio's like, don't do that. Don't disrespect my team. And David looks at him like, what do you mean? I just scored, you know? It's it's a good thing. He's like, no, 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 no. You don't disrespect my team. Show some damn class. And David said, he goes, I've never had that happen. He goes, in all my years of playing football, that has never occurred. And keep in mind... Antonio never never played for the Raiders. That's what he was saying. So this is kind of my point that this guy's a true Raider, you know, and I don't know of any other former player that would do that. I don't remember stories about Charles Woodson as a Packer, you know, talking about, hey, don't disrespect my Raiders. Not that I think we played him or whatever we might have. I don't know. But anyway, that's a heck of a story, and I think Raider Nation needs to understand that, and that needs to get more run because that kind of says everything we need to know about his Uh, allegiance and association to our team and how much he loves this team and what he wants it to be. So have a great one. Peace out. Bye-bye.
2: Thanks for the story, my man. I did not hear that one. Uh, I'll ask Coach about it if I get an opportunity when we speak to him again today. Um, That's something I wouldn't expect to hear from a player, but you never know. I know he was a big-time Raider fan growing up. Um, and maybe that's how he was feeling. So uh, that's, an interesting, that's an interesting story. It's actually a really good story. Like I said, if we get an opportunity to uh, talk to him or ask him about it when I talk to him, and we'll speak, speak it with AP around 845 this morning. So depending on what time you're listening to us, it may be over already. But uh, I'll try to, t- try to ask him about that uh, this morning when we speak to him. Thanks so much for the, uh, for the call. Definitely appreciate you. Up next, got a text from the judge. It says, hey, Q, so here comes the big test for AP and the team. How do they handle success? Do they do the typical thing that we've seen in the past and poop in the bed and with a winnable game? I think AP will have them locked in and ready. Got to slow down Taylor and get after Minshew. That's from the judge. I couldn't have said it better myself, right? And that was what I was wondering about after the Chargers game. I was wondering how they were going to deal with that success, putting up 63 points, putting up multiple defensive touchdowns, everyone getting a sack, right? All these different plays that they made at home, having the crowd cheering. I was wondering what it was going to look like when they went to Arrowhead. Well, we saw it. It looked really good. So now it's a short week instead of a mini-buy. What does it look like on a short week? Can they keep that momentum and that juice going? That's something to pay attention to, but I'm with you. I think AP will have them fired up, ready to go. I really do believe that. Thanks so much for the text. I appreciate you. Up next, got a call from Joe in Tennessee. He's calling with a few questions that he has about the Raiders offensively, defensively, and with the coaching staff. Here he is, Joe in Tennessee.
3: Hey, Q, this is Joe from Tennessee here, man. Uh, it's been a long time since I called in anyway. Uh know we all got a great Christmas present on uh, on Monday with that Raiders win. I uh, hope uh, you and your family and all the Raider Nation had a, a great Christmas all around, man, spending time with family and friends. Hey, uh, I, I got a couple of questions I've been thinking of, uh, you know, since, since all the changes were made. Um, First on the offense, you know, I know Bo agrees a rookie uh, offensive coordinator, and I know, you know, the offense ain't moving a whole lot, but I'm just curious, isn't he really just calling plays off of McDaniels playbook uh, or uh, is he mixing in some of his own stuff? Uh, and even during the bye week when we were talking about making some changes, what, what did that entail? Um, I'm just asking because I don't know. Don't know that we're that I'm looking to pound the table. I wonder what would happen if he had an offseason to come up with his own playbook and implement it, uh, whatever the case may be. I know we'll probably move on from him and get somebody different. But I just don't know. don't know if you may know, you know, how that happens. Uh, is he just, like I said, is he calling McDaniels plays or what? Hey, my other question goes to the defense. And here's something we keep talking about. You know, the defense is playing some old school Raiders football, which is awesome. But I wonder, uh you know, if Mark Davis decided to stick with Antonio Pierce, which I'm on board like you to keep uh, Antonio Pierce and Champ Kelly uh, as head coach and GM. But would Patrick Grant be willing to stick around long term under Antonio Pierce? uh Or, you know... I mean, Antonio Pierce is one of his assistants, and now all of a sudden you're promoting him over Patrick Graham to be the head coach and expect Patrick Graham to be his, uh, you know, his coordinator. I don't know. Or would maybe he be looking to go and make it be, you know, be, be trying to make a move to be a head coach or D coordinator somewhere else. Uh, anyway, just a couple of things that have run through my mind. Uh Hopefully, you know, we keep AP. Uh, we find an op- they can move to help us move the ball. Patrick Graham will stick around, uh, and we can, uh, we can make some things happen. But anyway, uh, hope you all have a great new year, Raider Nation. Looking for us to win out, and maybe we can have a true Christmas miracle, and the Chiefs will lose out, uh, and we can take the division and have a home game at Allegiant Stadium for the playoffs.
2: Just win, baby. Go Raiders. Joe, thanks for the call. I appreciate you. And yeah. I mean, Hardegri is using the playbook of McDaniels. Like, I mean, think about this. Everything that AP is using for the most part, everything Bo Hardegree is using for the most part is what's been put in place with Josh McDaniels, right? I mean, this is all, none of this is anything new and exclusive to AP or hard agree. You know, of course, Patrick Graham was the defensive coordinator, so he's already uh, in place, but many have said, said that, uh, you know, he's been freed up a little bit. And what they mean by that is that McDaniels probably had some input on the defense. Now it's uh it's about AP and, and, and Patrick Graham really kind of, uh, you know, collaborating on the defense. And that's why it's really been, uh, you know, kind of ratcheted up a little bit as of late. So, uh, yeah, everything is, is just kind of on the fly, and that's what's intriguing. And, and honestly, you know, I, I see a scenario where they could say, you know what, we're going to hire AP, we're going to make him the, the, the coach, we're going to keep Champ Kelly, we're going to keep Hart agree, we're going to keep Aiden O'Connell as the starting quarterback, and we're going to see what happens in the offseason. Right. Give them their whole offseason, give them a chance to put their plan together. Let Aiden O'Connell go into the training camp as the number one quarterback. Maybe get him some competition, but let him go in as QB number one and see how everything shakes out. Like, that's a real possibility that that could happen. I I would not be shocked at all. Something I talked about here on the podcast before that there's a deal, you know, a a real deal possibility that that's something that they could do. Right. I mean, because remember, Aiden O'Connell didn't get first team reps in training camp, he didn't get first team reps until. After November 1st, when he was actually named the starting quarterback from the time that the season started and the time that Josh McDaniels got hired or fired, I should say, uh, you know, he was taking basically third team reps. And then when they felt like he was going to get ready for a game and play in a game, then all of a sudden they rushed him to get first team reps. But it was nothing consistent, which again, was another reason why I didn't want to see Aiden O'Connell start early in the season. I wanted to wait until he could consistently be the number one guy, which he's been since November 1st. So he's going to get, you know, nine straight games, which is great experience for him uh, where he had no idea as a fourth round pick what he was going to get his rookie year. He's got a lot of on the job training similar to AP. He's getting that same love, man. He's getting that on the job training as a head coach. Something that you can't, you know, you can't just teach in a classroom. You have to actually get out there on the grass and do it or coach it up like AP is doing. As far as Graham is concerned, I do think it's going to be t- tough to hold on to him. I think it's very important to retain him, but I do believe it's going to be really difficult. I think there's going to be other teams out there that talk to him as a potential head coach, whether he gets a job or they just check the box for the Rooney Rule. But I do think that he's going to be a guy that deserves a, 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 couple, a couple interviews for sure. I know he interviewed for head coaching jobs before he took the defensive coordinator job with the Raiders. So he was already in that conversation. Then he fell off a while after the Raiders defense you know, took a nosedive. But the way that they're playing right now and the way that the league is prisoners of the moment, they might look at Patrick Graham and be like, oh, man, he's figured it out. Okay, let's go get this guy. Now, again, I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but, I mean, the Raiders may have to go ahead and, and uh, bump up his, his title and bump up his pay. They might have to make him like assistant head coach, you know, and, and I wouldn't have no problem with that. You know, I'm, I'm sure AP wouldn't either. AP and, and Patrick Graham. Now, the only question is, as you mentioned, AP was actually hired by Patrick Graham to be the linebacker's coach while he was the defensive coordinator, and then he got kind of leapfrogged. So I would assume that he's okay with it. He seems like he's been good. Doesn't really seem like there's anything that's bothering him when we see him at the, you know, at the, uh, the, the Intermountain Health Performance Center. But you never know how someone could feel. You know, some, He could feel slighted for all we know. So, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a little difficult to hold on to him. That's for sure. I think other teams are going to inquire. But thanks so much for the call. I do appreciate you. A lot of really good stuff. I uh, got a text here from the 831. Don't have a name. He said, what's up, Q? I'm a barber in Watsonville, California. Former season ticket holder in Oakland. I was telling my customers all week that the Raiders were going to win. I, too, referenced the win in Kansas City in 99. Hopefully the win springs board this team like it did then. I definitely think the win on Monday earned AP the coaching job. I really enjoy your podcast. Keep up the good work. What do you think of Eric Bieniemy as our offensive coordinator? Sounds like the commanders will be moving on from Rivera. If Bieniemy doesn't get the head job there, he could be available. That's from the a And, yeah, I actually had a couple people hit me up on my radio show, and thanks for the text. I had a couple people hit me up on my radio show and, and suggest Eric Bieniemy, and I think, I think he'd be a fantastic offensive coordinator. Again, I've said this before. And there's no reason why except for I want to see this team succeed and be a really good team. And that's it. So I've said it before, I would have no problem seeing AP as the head coach, them bring in a very skilled and experienced and creative offensive coordinator, Eric Biannimi is that, and bring in a dynamic quarterback, a a game changer, like a Jaden Daniels. That's the guy I prefer. It's funny, I was talking to JT the brick in the hallway the other day at the radio station, and he asked me about Russell Wilson. I was like, eh. Uh, not really. Now, if they get him on a vet minimum, and you know he's he's there and he can mentor whoever Aiden O'Connell or anyone else, you know maybe he could be good because Denver gonna have to pay the majority of his salary. So I thought, well, that's not a bad idea. I said, but this is what I think is gonna happen. This is what I I believe is gonna happen. I'm gonna say it right now. I believe the Raiders are gonna keep a- AP as the head coach. I believe they're gonna keep Champ Kelly as a GM. I believe they're gonna hire a football head of operations. I believe they're going to go out and get a dynamic offensive coordinator, and I believe they're going to do everything in their power to go get Jaden Daniels as the quarterback. That's the, that's the truth that I believe to this day. I believe that. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that's what I believe. And that doesn't mean anything that has nothing to do with skin color, that has nothing to do with anything else. I just want to make that clear again since I had to make that clear at the beginning of the show, which sucks. I just think that that's what they're going to do. That's just me. We'll see what happens, right? I've been wrong plenty of times before, but that's my, uh, that's my plan. And I know Eric Bannemi wants to be a head coach. So if he has the opportunity to be a head coach, then that's out. But there's other, there's other play callers out there that are very creative. Uh, they've, they've been doing it for a long time, so they're very experienced. They know how to get the most out of their, out of their players. So that's, that's who I'm looking for in that offense coordinator position, someone like that. Matter of fact, right after the Vikings game, I think that was one of the things I talked about on the show if you go back and look at some of the podcasts. Thanks so much. I do appreciate you. Good stuff. Uh, got a call here from uh Nathan. Wait, I already did that one. Didn't I already do that one? Let me go up here to the top. Yeah, I already did that one. All right. Uh, oh no, I did. That's no, I didn't. All right. Here we go. Got a call from Nate Nate Glass out of Cali. Too many Nates on the show today. Nathan Glass out of Cali. Remember, he's a Steeler fan. hasn't called in a while. He's calling to give a little background on Zach Gentry, the tight end that the Raiders picked up from the Bengals practice squad, as uh, he was a guy that was on the on the Steelers roster before that. So here he is, Nathan Glass out of Cali.
4: Hey, Q. Nate Glass from California. Just uh, responding to um what I just heard on your podcast about um you guys um picking up Zach gentry from the Bengals practice squad. Um great pickup. Uh actually um he was a Steeler for a long time. Um you know we didn't use him right. We didn't use him right. You know I'm just gonna I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna be flat out. We didn't use him right. He's a good receiving um tight end and actually his pass blocking uh and run blocking has gotten better uh, as he uh spent more time with the Steelers. But uh we let him go basically for Connor Hayward. Um but I was totally uh I didn't approve of letting him go. Um he could be a great red zone target. Uh he's uh he's tall, he's big, he's if I'm not mistake, he's six seven, six seven, six eight. Um Slender build, uh, like I say, he'd be a nice red zone target. That's what we wanted to use him for, but, you know, Steelers have a habit of not uh, maximizing uh, the the potential out of players, so whatever. But I'm excited that you guys got him, and um, I'm quite sure you guys are going to use him right. Please use him right. Um, Every time I've called you about a player that's been on the Steelers roster that you guys pick up, so far I'm I'm betting pretty high. So great pickup, using right. Uh hope he works out for you guys. And um talk to you soon.
2: Nate Glass, it's great to hear from you my man. Thanks so much for the call and yeah, whenever you call to tell me about a player that you're familiar with that uh, came from the Steelers uh, we all need to listen, right? You called and talked about Robert Spillane and talked about how happy we were going to be with Robert Spillane. And man, happy is not is an understatement. Robert Spillane has been fantastic. So, yeah, if you're talking about Zach Gentry like that and, and he could be that kind of a player, and I've heard some really good things about him. I saw that uh, some other Steeler fans talking about him and saw some Bengal fans saying, yeah, I didn't know why he was on the practice squad. But so. We'll see. There's only a couple of games uh, left for the silver and black. Maybe he gets in some action. Maybe he doesn't, but I thought it was a pretty good pickup as well. After doing a little bit of research that champ Kelly did a good job with that, but Nate glass is good to hear from you, my man. Hopefully you had a great holidays. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for, for the feedback. We definitely appreciate you. Uh, let's see up next. I got a text from the Raven. Here's a good one. It's a pretty lengthy one. It says morning Q. It's a Raven in SoCal full disclosure. I'm all in on AP and Kelly getting the head coach and GM jobs. With that being said, I agree with the opinion of some that there is no rush to take off the interim tag before the start of the offseason. However, I'm also in agreement with a recent article from a fellow media member of yours, Hondo, that Mark Davis should not comply with the Rooney rule if his mind is already made up up to as AP and Kelly getting the jobs. So as to not have men coming in just to perform token interviews. As a black man, I personally would find it rather uh, condescending and disrespectful to bring me into an interview just to meet a quota. Furthermore, if Davis has made up his mind after these last two games as the Raiders, the organization that has been a, at the forefront of inclu, uh, inclusivity and giving people opportunities regardless of color or gender going back to the 60s, he should take whatever fine is laid out by the league and state publicly why he refuses to do a dog and pony show as the Raiders have been there, done that with the track record and not needing the quality oversight, clearly in the history books. Hashtag GoRaiders, Raider Nation Barroom. That is from The Raven. Thanks so much for the text. And yeah, I, I get that idea. I get that idea of just saying, screw it, we're going to do our own thing, we're going to be renegades, but there's just no reason. There's no reason to do it. What if they, you know, everyone's assuming it's going to be a fine. What if they took a, a, a draft pick away from the Raiders just, just to be that renegade team? Like, I, I don't think that that's necessary. And, you know, why not go through the interview process, especially if you interview someone that you get intrigued by? What if you interview somebody potentially for the head coaching job, but then you hire them to be the OC? Like, what if they, what if they interview Eric Bieniemy? and realize that, hey, you know what, this guy is not, we're not going to give him the head coaching job, but hey, we do want to offer him the offensive coordinator position. That's how Champ Kelly got the job. Champ Kelly was interviewing for the GM job, and they, interview, they eventually uh, hired him as assistant GM. So I think that it's smart to go ahead and do the interviews, right? And, and I don't think that Mark Davis's mind is made up. I really don't. I know my mind is made up. I know your mind is made up. A lot of Raider Nation's mind is made up. But I think that Mark Davis is really going to cast a wide net and interview a lot of people, black, white, purple, yellow, whatever. I think he's going to interview a lot of people. I'm with you with the Rooney rule. I think it's a joke. I've been saying that for years, even though people give me pushback all the time. I don't think you should need a rule to force yourself to have to uh, you know, interview somebody. But, again, if they can interview a handful of people and maybe come up with some more additions to the staff that can help this team long-term, I think that that is a great a great key. And like I said, a guy like Enemy or someone else that could be you know, potential head coach, and then, hey, you know what, we're not going to hire you as the head coach, but we're going to hire you as the offensive coordinator, similar to what they did when they hired Hugh Jackson. Remember they hired Hugh Jackson to be the offensive coordinator knowing damn well if it didn't work out with Cable, they were going to move him up to head coach. That could be something as well. So there's a lot of different things that you can do, a lot of different approaches. So I don't think that you should give the double middle fingers to the league and just say, screw it, we're going to hire him right now and we'll take the fine because what if the fine turns into something else like draft capital? I don't. I don't think that that's worth the risk. I don't know the exact rules. Um, you know, there was also people out there in the media that I work with that were saying that they could just take the interim tag off of Antonio Pierce and, and Champ Kelly and don't have to worry about it because they're people of color and they're already in the in the in the organization, which is false. So, and some of those same people you're referencing. So, I'm just you know be careful with everything you read. Is basically what. I'm saying. So thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. And uh, finally, you got a call from Raider 10 from Central Florida. And that's going a little bit long on the show, but again, it's the last long of the show, the last last uh, show of the, the year, so why not? Let's just do it. Raider 10 from Central Florida. He's called to talk about quarterback Aiden O'Connell and gives his thoughts on him. Here he is. Raider 10 from Central Florida.
0: Yo, what up Q? This is Raider 10 from Central Florida. Hey, buddy. I had a quick question and a comment on uh, Aiden O'Connell after what we saw last week during the Chiefs game, and a couple games before that. Basically all the games that he's played since we passed Jimmy G. He's a statue cube. He can't scramble. He refuses to extend the play. If the pocket collapses around him, he's done. Uh, If he gets an opportunity to step up and make a throw, he's got all the proper mechanics. He's got a pro arm. He can throw it to the moon and back. My question is, and I'm curious to get your opinion on this, is, um moving forward, we don't – unless we do something drastic in the offseason with a draft or with free agency, we don't have the O-line to complement his game. And I don't think we're going to moving forward. I think he is a career backup. I think he's going to be a good backup. And I think he can step in and make plays when we need him to make plays if our guy goes down. But he's not our guy, I don't think, just from what I've seen. Um, Like I said, we don't have the O-line to protect him. Uh, and he is about the least mobile quarterback, I think, out of all of the teams left or all of the teams in the nfl in general um, I hope it changes and maybe we can lock up some guys in free agency or in the draft and uh get him an offensive line that can block for him but you know when it comes to extending plays with his feet, he just doesn't have it he's a uh, he's just he's not mobile anyway you curious to see what you think about that and you know and uh if you Think you know he's got that dog in him because to me it just doesn't look like it. So, curious to get uh, your opinion on that. And as always, love your show. Uh, It's a great time when I listen to it. And keep
2: it up, man. All right, Q. Bye. Once again, go Raiders. Thank you for the call, my man. And look, I've said it multiple times. I share similar feelings about O'Connell. I think he's good. I don't think he's a game changer. I think the Raiders need a game changer. To me, it feels like he could be a very good backup. And that's okay. There's been over 50 something quarterbacks played this year in 2023 over 50. You saw the Browns on Thursday night football. Joe Flacco's quarterback four. Trevor Simeon is quarterback three for the Jets. (laughs) Right? The Broncos are now on quarterback two. The Raiders have played three quarterbacks. I mean, the list goes on and on. The Chargers have played multiple quarterbacks. I mean, the list goes on across the league. Look how many quarterbacks the Vikings have played. They're going back to, I think, quarterback four of the year. So, I don't think that it's a bad thing that, you know, Aiden O'Connell ends up being a, a really good backup if that's what he chooses. I also don't think it's bad if they bring in a young talent like a Jaden Daniels, like I believe that they're going to do, just, again, my gut feeling, and let those guys battle it out in camp. And you have two young dudes that are on cheaper deals, and you could build your team around them and, and have a couple guys that, that you feel comfortable with. And if Aiden O'Connell beats out Jaden Daniels, so be it. Then he's the quarterback. But I, I think that a guy needs to be mobile. That's my biggest thing. I think in 2023, 2024, moving on, you have to have a guy that's got some mobility. And that's what Aiden O'Connell does not have. It has nothing to do with his color. It has to do with his mobility with an M, M, not B, not W, M, BMW. Hey, that's cool. <laughs> anyway, you get it. That's what I'm saying. So thanks so much for the call. I do appreciate you. That's all I got time for on today's show. So, uh, that's it. That's all we're going to do. And, uh, of course, we'll uh, find out what happens on the game on Sunday against the Colts. And then, of course, we'll be back on Monday. It'll be January 1, 2024. We'll break it a new year here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Uh, over 3 million downloads again this year uh, on the podcast itself. Uh, almost almost 11,000 as far as the uh, subscribers on the YouTube page. So, uh, we're alive and kicking, man, we're, we're and we're doing really well here. And that's all because of you, Raider Nation. So uh, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the game. Uh, happy New Year's ahead of time. Be safe out there. Uh, make sure we may, you make it to 2024. Make sure we all make it to 2024 because that's the most important thing, man. Be safe out there. Make sure you hug on your loved ones, love on your loved ones, and take care of yourself as always. Until Monday, Raider Nation. Until 2024, just win, baby.
1: Hey, Prime members.